Hello, this is Brian Lane, lead pastor of FAM Church, and this is our podcast. Sunday was Women's Ministry Sunday, and we had the privilege of hearing from Ashley Darrow in a message entitled, The Power of Love. To you, our special guest speaker today, and uh, so she's uh, no stranger to our church. All of you who thought it was Lisa, you were wrong. We have Ashley Darrow coming to give this morning's word. And so everybody give it up for Ashley as she comes to deliver this message this morning. Good morning, everybody. Can you guys hear me? Okay, awesome. Who's excited to be in the house of the Lord today, right? I'm telling you what, he is so good, he is so good, he is so good. Um, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I am nervous, okay? But this morning when I woke up, I made a determination in my heart, and I said, I'm going to preach this message whether my voice shakes, whether my knees shake, whether my hands shake, okay? Right? (laughs) So I am so grateful um, to be preaching my first message here in my home church, fam church. I love this church, amen? Yes, I love this church. This is my family, and and I'm so grateful that I get to do this today. I also have my family in the house. Can everybody say, woo, family! (laughs) Okay, so when Lisa approached me about Women's Ministry Sunday and she said that um, the theme was gonna be adored, I started praying and God started laying something on my heart. He started talking to me about his love. And um, so I said, okay, in order to be adored, we have to be loved, right? And our God loves us so much. So today's message is titled, The Power of Love. Because I want you to know there is power in love, okay? And I want to say that love is such a powerful thing. The reason I'm standing here in front of you this morning is only because of love and only because I have experienced the relentless, pursuing, passionate, perfect love of God, and it has given me the strength to overcome the things that I faced in my own life. Yes, and, and this love has the power to change anyone who encounters it, so that's what we're gonna talk about today. So our scripture is gonna be in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and if you don't have a Bible, the verse will be um, in the back back here. And We're gonna read verses um, one through eight, And before we read our scripture, I just want to pray a quick prayer, okay? Everybody bow their heads. Lord, today I ask that this word encourage us. I ask that this word motivate us. And above all, God, I ask that this word challenges each and every one of us in here today, challenges our heart to look in a new direction and put the word to work. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And this is out of the New International Version. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but I do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess over to the poor and I give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth. 
It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, and it always perseveres. Love, it never fails. It never fails. Yes, amen. I love God's word. I love God's word. Yes. Okay, guys. Um, if you look around our world today, it's, it's pretty clear that it's in need of a love revival. Amen? If you, if you look around just our nation alone, you're going to see things like suicide. Even teen, our teenagers are committing suicide today. Murder, people murdering each other out of fits of rage and anger. Public slandering and ridicule of people and government leaders. Legalized abortion, should I even say what's going on in New York, okay? Rape, drug addiction, terror attacks, hate crimes, active shootings, even churches and elementary schools, okay, God? Child's abuse, and the list could just go on and go on. And that's just the really bad stuff, right? But there's also judgmentalness and impatience, rage, division, discrimination, bigotry, racism, malice, self-centeredness, pride, you get the point. All these things go against everything that love is. I look around sometimes at our nation that claims to be one under God, and I wonder to myself, where's the love? Isn't God supposed to be love? Then why does it look like this? Why does it seem like everybody has just forgotten about how important love is or, or, or how much we need it, right? But no matter what the case is, it's clear that people are suffering from a serious lack of love. Because maybe it's because they haven't been shown or taught, I don't know. Maybe they're so wounded by other people that they just have given up on love altogether. So, whose issue is this, and what are we going to do to help? Well, I believe that with my whole heart, that we who claim to be followers of Jesus, we have an obligation to show the world God's love. We should be showing this world that's so full of hate who God is by loving people with our lives, not with our words, okay? It's action, right? There's a quote that I've seen on a TV show me and my husband watched, and it said, bad things happen when good people do nothing. And that is so, it hit me so hard. Bad things happen when good people do nothing. So we're going to look in Mark 12, 30 through 31, and we will see Jesus. He is replying to a man who asked him what the greatest commandment was. And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And this is what I want us to pay attention to, guys. There is no other commandment greater than these. So this passage tells me that the greatest commandment Jesus gives his followers is to love God with all of our hearts and to love others as we do ourselves. So why do you think that this is our greatest commandment? Why do you think that this is so important to God? I believe because it is our greatest issue in the world, guys. God told us this is our greatest commandment because this is the greatest solution to the greatest problem that we're facing, and that is a lack of love, amen? So Jesus has told us to love above all other things. Um, so that lets us know that if we don't do anything, guys, in our lives right, let's, let's, let's get love right. Let's, let's try to do love, right? Whoa. Something's happening. What happened? 
There he goes. I was so afraid of like, you know, the microphone or like my things or my step. I thought I was maybe going to fall, but yeah, that's okay. All right. So I think it's resolved. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, we should be aiming to love people, God, and ourselves every day to the best of our ability. This should be our ultimate mission, okay? This should be what we're living out in our lives each day. Um, it should be what is most important to us because it's the highest calling that God gives us. That's our greatest commandment, right? So if you're in here and you're looking to serve God and do something awesome for him, let's start by loving people. You know, it's really simple. Let's start by loving people, okay? I believe our main mission and our greatest call is to love with everything in us. 1 John 4, 8 says, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. And guess what, guys? There are many people who don't, who don't know love because they don't know God. So there is a huge mission field around us every day as we walk out. And, and so we should be aiming who we come in contact with to aim to impact them with God's love, okay? Because not having God's love and not knowing his love is the root source why people are hurting why they're angry, why they're lonely, they feel abandoned, forgotten about, like they doubt their existence and they could feel completely hopeless. That's the ones who need God's love. See, love is a cure for these things and believers, we hold the cure. We do, we hold the cure inside of us. Our mission should be to share the cure with as many people as possible. God's love inside of us, it has the power to free people and unbind them from the sin and the evil that is in their lives. So what is holding us back? Because obviously something is, okay? So I believe for many of us, our understanding of love, it just lacks depth. Okay, guys, it gets stale, and a lot of times our, we just do the bare minimum, just enough to get by, I believe a lot of our love for God and others is only lukewarm or sometimes have even grown completely cold. And that's not good. Some of this reason, I believe, is because showing real love to people will always cost us something. Having a relationship with God will always cost us something. And how many of you would agree that love and relationships, they require time, effort, energy, right? They, they require us to take action and do something. And honestly, our time is so precious to us. Our time is so valuable, you know? And, and because the, the value of our time and because how busy we are in our lives, we don't want to spend the time, right? We don't want to spend the time to do it. And that's our excuse that we tell ourselves. Um, and with our time, we only get what's given to us, right? So we don't get more of it. That's one, one excuse I wanted to point out. So I always say, oh, well, you know, the, the time, yeah, the time is an issue. But guess what, you know? Um, I believe, I got lost. Okay, good. Sorry. Help me. Can, can, we, can you guys help me through this? I am so nervous right now. Okay, thank you, thank you, yes, all right. Another thing that I think that holds us back is the sin that's in our lives. The sin in our lives plays a big part in why we are not loving people and God the way that we should, okay? Um, so let's look at some of these reasons we can be hindered or held back, and to do this, we're gonna go back to our original text in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, where we see the Apostle Paul giving us the definition of what love is and what love is not. And we're gonna focus on verses four through seven. And I'm not gonna go over every one of them, but I am gonna highlight about three that I felt like God said 
these were the ones that were really important for today. So, to start this off, how many of you, how many of you in the room can say honestly that you are a patient person? <laughs> I did. While I'm doing this message, I'm like, I wonder how many people are really going to raise their hand. I'm not raising mine. <laughs> I know that's going to be true. <laughs> can I just say that we live in a fast food drive-through, have it your way, right away, every day, all day type of society, amen? And how hard is it for us when we're surrounded by this need for immediate and instant gratification, how hard is it for us to be the ones who display patience, right? I know for me this is very hard, and I find this the hardest when I'm in traffic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and if any of you have ever had to wait in a school car line to pick up your kid or your grandkid or whatever, you're going to understand that the struggle's real. <laughs> so I, ha I, ha I want you to think of some areas that you may struggle. <laughs> My cousin, I love her. <laughs> Do you lose your patience with your kids or your family members often? What about annoying coworkers? or people that just don't seem to see things your way? <laughs> what about long lines at grocery stores, doctor's offices, and restaurants? What about when you go into a restaurant and you are like out of 10 starving? You sit down and the waitress or the cook, they mess up your food, right? And it cause you to wait longer than you have to. And like, you're out of 10, right? So you're, and now you're getting angry. So now you're hangry, sitting there at, and then when the waitress comes over and she tries to make it right, you're just, you're not even giving her eye contact, right? You're just like, <laughs> yes. What about when you're calling for a customer service issue and you have to be, <laughs> And you, you tell them what your issue is, and they transfer you five times before you actually get to the right department. And then every time they transfer you, you have to explain your story again. You're like, okay, this is why I'm calling, and this is what I need. And so by the time you get to the fifth person, you're like, um, you're rude. Let's just be honest, right? We get rude, don't we? But it's not their fault. It's not their fault. See, when we're faced with these tough situations and we need to choose to either act out impatiently or display patience, what do we choose? Because I don't always take the high road, okay? Um, but when we do this, and most of us do, we do damage to other people. And a lot of times those are just innocent people. They don't deserve our frustration. See, patience is one of God's attributes because God is love and all things concerning love are his nature. But patience is not ours naturally. So therefore, many times we have to be changed. So how can we change this? Well, some people say that you should start by praying for peace in the times that you are feeling impatient, you know? Right? We should pray for peace. God, give me peace. Okay, well, I think and believe that that is just a spiritual Band-Aid. I believe that we... If we need to learn patience, we should sincerely pray for patience because we want to learn how to have the ability to wait with peace and contentment in our hearts, not just for that moment, but we want to be those type of people. See, peace is easy. Just receive it, right? God, give me peace, right? But see, like I said earlier, love and relationships, they take work and effort, and we don't pray for patience because we really don't want to do the work, right? That's right. Let's be real. <laughs> But if we're going to learn patience, we should sincerely pray, pray for it. And then we need to welcome it when God brings us opportunities to be patient, because he will. All you got to do is say the word, and you will be tested. 
my, my husband told me, he said, you know, I was, I was the crazy man. I prayed for patience, and this was before we got married, and I was like, I'm glad you prayed for it before we got married, because <laughs> he, he practices it a lot. <laughs> okay, but if we continue to work on, the, on this through situations that come our way, little by little, we will begin to change, and this change coming to maturity in our lives, it is going to show the world who Jesus is, because God is patient, Okay. All right, and that's what we want. We want them to see God through our lives. So next, we're going to look at how love is not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrongs. Yeah, this is a big part of love, because guys, anger, resentments, and bitterness, I'm going to get real with you for a minute, they kill people from the inside out. Yes, and they destroy, they destroy families. They cause division in families, friendships, churches, governments, nations, and all relationships, including ours with God. See, we may start out and we just may be angry about one thing that someone had done to us. And if we don't make the decision to forgive, work it out, make amends, learn to cope, then that, that one angry thing starts turning into a resentment because it's unresolved. And everything that person does, you start making a mental checklist in your mind of everything they've done wrong. Oh, yeah, they said this, they looked at me, this and that. So now you're just one isolated instance now turns into a resentment. And you know what? Your anger begins to intensify. You become an angrier person. Okay, resentments, they are harder to get rid of than just one isolated thing that made you angry. And if we don't resolve and forgive the resentment over time, that resentment grows to bitterness. And bitterness is a nasty thing, okay? When, when bitterness sets into a person's character and it begins to take root, you're going to see all kinds of things come out of their personality. Like, you know, they're just angry people and everything's everyone else's fault. and Life has somehow done them wrong, Okay. They just have an overall negative outlook and they think that nothing good is ever gonna happen to them. But it doesn't have to get that bad, okay? If you're in here and you're struggling with anger, resentments, or bitterness, I want you to know that you no longer have to be a slave to these emotions, that there is a way out, okay? And God offers, it's, it's through forgiveness. And a lot of people don't do it because it is tough. You know, it is tough. It's tough to forgive. But I'm telling you, it's the thing that will set you free. Amen? Okay. So, and, and the thing with bitterness and anger and resentment, they hold us back from loving people the right way. The Apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians 31 to get rid, to get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slandering, and along with every form of malice. So, we must get rid of these things because they choke out our spirituality our personality, and our ability to love. Amen? Because honestly, even if your anger towards someone is clearly justified, it's never going to produce the righteousness of God. It's never going to produce that, okay? And it will continue to hold you captive until you decide to let it go. Today, I want you to make a decision. Don't keep a scoreboard, a mental scoreboard for those who have wronged you, okay? I want you... I want you to know that freedom will come when you give up your resentments, when you make peace, and you stop trying to carry that heavy load that God never meant for you to carry. You don't have to be chained, and you don't have to be bound to these issues any longer. Today, before you leave, I want you to make a decision that if you're in here and you're struggling with one of these things, we're going to make a decision to let it go today, right? 
We're gonna make a decision to, to claim the freedom that Christ gives us, okay? Lastly, I wanna talk to you about how love is not self-seeking. This is, all right, it's about to get real. I'm gonna preach here in a minute. Um, <laughs> along with have it your way, right away, um, society that we live in that we talked about earlier, um, we're also faced with it's all about me, my needs, my wants, my plans, my life, me first, self-seeking attitudes, mindsets, behaviors, right? Amen? Okay. So what's sad is that many of us, don't, we're, walking around, we're not even aware that we're walking around totally consumed with ourselves. Whether it's in our thoughts, whether it's in our feelings, our actions, it all becomes centered around pleasing us and getting our way. We can become the center of our own universe and we lose the ability to see past ourselves to other people, okay? All right, I looked up the definition of self-seeking and this is what it says. Having concern for one's own welfare, interests, and interests before those of others, self-serving, condensed, means concern for oneself before others. So someone in here may be thinking, well, I love my family, right? So my family are my others, and I put them first, so I should be covered, right? No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. See, if everyone in the world did that, maybe we would have a perfect world and we wouldn't, that's all we would have to do, but that's not the case, guys. There are millions of lost people and families that are torn apart, yes. They're struggling, they have no love in their home or in their hearts, they have no idea that God loves them and that there is a better way. So loving in your own family circle, I'm sorry to say, it's just not enough, okay? It's not enough. I'm gonna give you an example. Just look at all the kids that are in the foster care system. These kids need a safe place until their situations get worked out. These kids are afraid. They've been through a lot, they've seen a lot, and they desperately need someone to tell them that God loves them, that they love them, and to show them that they're loved, amen? So God asked me to share this sensitive part of my life with you guys, and I was like, no, Lord, and he's like, but it's my story, and this story brings God glory, amen? So why should I be quiet? Why should I let shame dictate what I'm gonna do, or guilt, or fear? I'm not gonna do that, no. Even if you don't hear one word in here today, know that fear does not mean you don't not, not to proceed. You do things in spite of fear. That's courage. Remember courage, because fear, it, it, it tries to hold us back from doing the things that God wants us to do. So I spent six years in an addiction to drugs and alcohol, and because of it, my son was placed in the foster care system for about six to nine months of his life. And during that time, he was placed um, with a really amazing family, and these people took him in, and they showed the absolute beautiful love of God with him. They loved this child, and because of it, he said, I want to know how to get saved. <laughs> so they walked him through the prayer, and he asked Jesus to come into his heart, and he's about six years old, okay? And now heaven has another soul for all eternity. And if you're a mother in here, you know what a mother's prayer is for her child. You know it. And these strangers, in a, situ in a time in my life where I was just 
the world was just looking past me, these people stepped up. And they didn't just love him. They didn't just love my son. You know what they did? The whole time he was there, they made a scrapbook for him and, and, and wrote down scripture verses and, and things that he had done, okay? They did, they did that for me. Me, the drug addict mom, okay? The one that society says probably won't make it. She probably won't come back. But God, okay? That's all I gotta say, but God. <sighs> These people chose to live out God's greatest commandment, to love others as they do, as, you, as they did themselves. So they didn't only just give him a temporary home, they gave him an eternal one. They walked him to his eternal home. I guys, I want you um, to think about this in these hypothetical terms. Essentially, we could give six to nine months of our time and our lives for someone's eternity. That just doesn't seem like a fair trade, does it? And I'm not saying this, I'm, I'm not, I don't want us to ask ourselves these questions to make us feel guilty. I want us to get the true and right perspective that God wants us to have, okay? Because someone's, someone's eternity is so much more valuable than the temporal things that we're doing right now. There's just, it's worth so much more. think about that, but the sad thing is that many times we're too busy looking out for our own interests to be looking out for those of others, and that's just real talk, okay? Bottom line, we're self-seekers. We give ourselves all these excuses why we can't do things. I don't know what God's asking you to do, what he's calling you to do, but we give ourselves these excuses why we can't. Take the foster care system, for example. Oh, that's a lot of paperwork. It's a lot of hoops to jump through. I may be uncomfortable for a while. People may be in my life. You know, what about the plans that I have for my life? It may interfere. Ask yourself this. If you were in that situation, if you were that kid, wouldn't you hope and pray that some good people, because people open their homes, but it doesn't mean that they're good people, okay? Be hoping and praying that a good person would open their home and take you in until your situation gets worked out. That's, so why don't we do for others what we would want them to do for us? We should view life with an eternal outlook and we should live out our mission to love people and to bring them to Christ. And when we live our lives for just ourselves, guys, we're cheating so many, so many. How can you say that you love God and you don't love and serve his people? I want to read a short passage, and it's in John 21, 15 through 17, and it's Jesus talking to Simon Peter, which is one of his disciples, and it says, when he had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Guys, Jesus is not talking about real sheep. He's talking about his people. God is calling us, calling us to help other people out of the love that we have for him. Okay, that's what God wants us to do. It is time that the followers of Jesus step up to the plate and do what he has commanded us, guys. 
But many times the thing that holds us back from doing that very thing is ourselves. Right? We have to let go of all self-seeking and we have to do something different if we're ever going to see a change in the world. I find that when I'm giving myself and my time away, I'm so much more happier than when I'm living my life all wrapped up and consumed with me. Right? Amen? See, Jesus, he came and he gave his life away. And he gave it away completely. He is our ultimate example of how to show real love the right way. For those of you who don't know much about Jesus in here, I want to give you a little synopsis. He is the son of God who came to earth and expressed the heart of God to all humanity. God's heart was to make things right with his people, with all his people, by ensuring everyone had a way into eternity with him. Jesus was this way. Jesus was born from a virgin mother and lived and grew until about the age of 33. During his life here, he did many signs and wonders proving to people who he was. He taught them, he healed them, he helped them. Jesus loved people, he loved humanity with a love called agape love. And for those of you who don't know what agape love is, it is described as the highest form of love possible. It is selfless, sacrificial, unconditional love. Jesus' mission wasn't just to come to earth and show people love. He had an ultimate love mission, and that was to be the perfect sacrifice that would conquer hell for all people for all times. His mission was the ultimate act of agape love. The penalty he paid to save all of humanity was a horrendous one. Jesus was crucified. He died a sinner's death, even though he had never even committed a single sin. He was tortured, he was ridiculed, beaten, he was spit on, he faced some of the most extreme hate from the very people he was given up his life to save. But through it all, he didn't sin and he kept his motive, which was love. See, Jesus, he chose to love us before the creation of the world. He chose before it all started to do whatever needed to be done to save us from the grip of sin and an eternity in hell. The gospel story, Jesus' story, it is a love story. It is a love story about, uh, between God and his people. And if, anyone, if you're in here and anyone has ever told you anything contrary to that, that is, it's not true, it's a love story, guys. It is about love. It shows exactly what God would give up and exactly what he would sacrifice to the people that he loved no matter what they had done. God gave up his only perfect son. I can't say that I would do that. He did it to save an entire world of people. He did it to save you, each and every one of you. Now, I don't know about you, but that lets me know how valuable I am to God. He spared nothing for us guys. God so loved the world that he gave. He gave the thing that was most important to him. Do you know while dying, nailed to the cross, Jesus was praying for the people that put him there? He was saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And that's just a foreshadow to where he is today. See, after Jesus died on the third day, he rose. He descended into hell, he got the keys, and then he ascended into heaven. And now he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding for our behalf, for us, right? That's why we pray in Jesus' name, because he is our high priest. He is our advocate. He is the one there for us. 
Amen. That church is real and deep. That is the agape love of God. Jesus chose to fight for and with love until he drew his very last breath. See, real love, it's powerful. It is powerful. And when it's in action, it can penetrate even the hardest of hearts. Real love, it is spiritual. It can speak boldly without even saying a single word. See, real love, it is a weapon, all right, amen? A weapon that has the power to conquer hate, to heal broken hearts, to, to break strongholds, overthrow demons, principalities of darkness, and overcome all forms of evil, and in Jesus' case, conquer hell for all people. Love is a powerful spiritual weapon. I'm going to say that again. Love is a powerful spiritual weapon. 2 Corinthians 10.4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. That means they're not tangible. But they have divine power to destroy strongholds. See, the weapons we use against evil, they are not machine guns and they are not grenades. Jesus didn't go to hell and blow it up with a bomb, okay? Our weapons are spiritual in nature and they have divine power with love being the divine spiritual weapon that never fails. You understand that from the verse earlier? Love never fails. So therefore, that tells us if we're going to go battle the evil in this world, then shouldn't we use the weapon that we know cannot be defeated? Right? Shouldn't we be warring for people's lives with love? See, when we fight with love, we win every time. You understand that? So why we need to use it, guys? If we're going to war with people's lives using love, using love, then we need to understand that God doesn't love us based on how well we follow the rules. Yes, <laughs> thank God, yes, thank you. It's not about dead religious acts or rituals. It's not about those things. The verse says, even though I give over my body to be burned as a hardship, even though I give over my body, but I do it without love, it means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. It's not about that. It's about relationship, and relationships are based on love and not rules, okay? We can get so caught up sometimes, and we think it's about being good, but it's not. It's about being loved for exactly who you are. So many Christians have not had the true revelation of God's love for them, and because of it, they have nothing but loveless religion to offer the world. And guys, people don't want and people don't need that. They want and they need love. The world can't experience the love of God through us if we don't have it to give. We must receive it in our hearts first and we must do this on a daily basis. Then and only then will it flow out from us and to others, okay? The whole gospel of Jesus Christ can be summed up in one word, love. It all, it all boils down to love. And if you remember, you know, I told you in the beginning that it's only because of God's love that I'm standing here today. This love right here saved my life. Not just my physical life, my, my, my afterlife, my spiritual life. It gave me life. It is what propelled me. It's my passion. It's why I'm standing here in front of you telling you this. I could have been a statistic. I could have been many things. But God's love, but God's love, and I got it. That was it. I just said, okay, okay. 
where are you at with all this? I want to ask you guys today, where are you at in your love walk? And, and how are you loving people, God, and yourselves every day? What would you say is standing in your way from loving people the right way? Do you need a love revelation on how much God loves you? Are you stingy with your time? Are you caught up in a self-seeking lifestyle where you come first? Are you resentful? Are you bitter at someone? What about impatience, but there were other things that we didn't talk about in that verse, like pride. Do you struggle with your pride? Does your pride keep you back? Are you envious, arrogant, boastful, rude? What, are, what, what is holding you back? See, most of us today can say that we get some aspects of love right, but that some aspects of love we really fall short with. I think that we all have areas that we need to work on concerning love, because none of us in here loves perfectly. So none of us are exempt from this. I believe that we can all safely say that we need God's intervention in some of these areas in our life so why don't we all decide today to start by making one change at a time with God's help? Why don't we all decide to humble ourselves under his hand? It's just a hand of love, guys. And ask him, and ask him to help us become more mature in the way that we love. I really, want you encourage, I really want to encourage you today to stand up and make decisions and not excuses. Because we can all make excuses. We are good at that, aren't we? Let love win today, and let God have his way in you. Because God is telling you today that it's time, and when he gives you, when he says it's time, he gives you the grace and he gives you the strength to overcome whatever is standing in your way. So open yourself up today to correction. Open yourself up to conviction from God so that he can purify, sanctify you with his love, through his love, and for his love. In a moment, I'm going to pray, but first I want us to take just a moment of silent reflection, okay? And during this time, I want you to ask God to reveal to your heart what it is that's standing in your way. What is, this that, what is it that's blocking you? Tell, ask him to examine your heart. And then I want you to make a decision. I want you to make a decision to work on these things with his help. And also, if you're in here today and you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you do not know him, and you want to get to know him, I want to encourage you before you leave here today to make this decision. And in this time, I want you to decide that, you know what, I really want to know more about this love story. And I want to assure you that you're in this love story, that when Jesus died, he died for you. He had your name on his lips and in his heart when he was dying on that cross. So you can simply say something like this, Jesus, come into my heart and make it your home. You know, I want to get to know you more in your love. It's really simple. It's not hard. We make it about all these things, but it's not. It's really simple. So let's just take that moment right now. Thank you for joining us on the FAM Church podcast. FAM Church is here to connect people to Christ. If you live in or are visiting the Lakeland, Florida area, we would love for you to join us on Sundays at 1030 a.m. You can also check us out online at myfamchurch.com. Thank you again and have an amazing day.